Hello and welcome back to the Wake Up With Glow podcast. It has been such a long time and I've missed you guys. I know a lot of you have been asking me when I'm coming back with the podcast and here we are. I'm excited to be back. Um, We're going to take it in full swing. We're going to be consistent um, because we all struggle at some point with consistency and showing up in certain areas of our lives because of all the madness and craziness going on around everything. Um, So I'm happy to be back in circulation for you to consume this content, for you to think about it, take it in, make it your own, and use it to improve your life. So let's jump into today's topic. Uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one because it's something that we're all facing and part of this sort of revolution that's going on Um, Whether you're noticing or not, I know you feel it in some way, shape, or form. And that revolution centers around the real versus the fake world. What are you talking about, Glow? Um, I don't mean the fake world of aesthetics. I mean the fake world of people who are deluding the world and themselves into believing that they have these perfect lives, that they're living in accordance to the true route of happiness, the true way to being the epitome of the I made it in life life. And, you know, a lot of our suffering, for those of us who are suffering um, right now, because of course we're all suffering at some stage in our life, For those of us who are suffering, we look at these people and we think to ourselves, how do I get there? How can I be a part of that world? And I'm sure it's no surprise to you that I can very quickly crumble that image, that persona that has led you to believe that there is this ultimate solution to living this effortless, beautiful life where you wake up every single day until your last breath and don't have to worry about anything. But the truth of the matter is the real reason why so many people appear to be happy, it's not what you know you may expect for me to say. It's not that they're faking it. Not everyone is faking it. The greater trouble, the greater underlying problem is that most of the people who we can say are faking it are actually believing the false aspects of their lives that they have convinced themselves are true. They are overshadowing true happiness with a constructed happiness. They are overshadowing true peace of mind with a constructed peace of mind, right? With everything that's happening in the shifting culture of our time, what we're experiencing is wellness is on the rise. And as wellness continues to grow, now appearing at peace has become the new cool thing to do. So, you know, everyone's doing yoga and everyone's cycling and everyone's energy conscious and It's taking us in a direction that is seemingly good, but there's something important to be said about the fact that some of those people are doing it for the same reasons, to be part of the fad, to be part of the movement, to be part of the masses, to be accepted because something inside of them is not allowing them to accept themselves first. And I want to tackle this issue by drawing some information that experience and life has taught me um, to help you guys really understand whether the life that you're living or seeking is real or fake. And this is an incredible 
incredibly personal experience for each of you. So I hope that these words resonate with you, these examples resonate with you, and you can really take some notes, take it in, and try to figure out what you're doing and if what you're seeking is actually existing in our world or if you need to be focusing more inward to try to get your true self, your inner being out to meet the reality that you're really seeking, that you're envisioning, that you're lusting for. So I want to start with something that I posted in my stories um, a couple of times and has generated a lot of hype around the topic. And that has to do with the fact that humans have this wildly innate tendency to need answers to all of the questions that they're seeking answers to. And what that means is that we actually prefer to have incorrect information to having no information at all. So if you think about that for a second, it seems absolutely absurd. Why would I want fake information over real true facts. How would that benefit me in moving forward and progressing and achieving more? And the answer is, it doesn't. The absence of information would actually benefit you in more instances than not than having these false facts that you're building a false identity and a false life off of. But unfortunately, as everyone continues to try to fit into this mix of what everyone else is doing, what's labeled as great and successful and happy, we're getting lost. We're losing ourselves and we're all getting lost in this alternate space that doesn't actually exist. So I want to introduce you to something that is called the association bias. And essentially what the association bias is, is it's a way to explain how the experiences that we have in our lives can actually damage our judgment, damage the way that we walk through life and assess people and circumstances. And what this association bias does is it points to the fact that the way that our brains are meant to operate, the way that they're programmed, is that at every point of experience, good or bad, real or fake, we make these associations in our mind that we do not have an easy time letting go of. So if you meet someone and they tell you something, they tell you some random fact, oh, did you know that General Motors uh, actually is uh, putting out this really toxic fuel and it's only in pink cars and everyone who has a pink car is actually contributing to the pollution in the world and it's really affecting the climate. And you could hear this and you could say to yourself, that's complete nonsense. You can actually acknowledge that that bit of information was not true. And somehow you will continue on, you'll walk through life, you know, you'll meet someone else and all of a sudden in three years, you have this random fact that upon a passing of a pink car, you remember this fact and you can't remember if it's true or false. It has just created this association, this negative association with pollution and environmental damage and with the way things are you know we always want to seem highly intelligible or I, I'd like to believe that we do so if we can spit out a fact and impress someone in the moment then we'd like to do that and all of a sudden you care more about extracting this 
seemingly relevant, maybe true, maybe not fact, but you believe it's true now because what happens is your memory fades faster than the associations that we've created. So you can't remember where you know this bit of information from, but you remember the bit of information and now you're propagating this information. And the point is to show you that these associations are linked to all of the experiences that we have. Everything, like I said, good and bad. So what does that mean for you? What that means is that you should really care You should really freaking care what experiences you're putting yourself in, what experiences you're exposing yourself to. Because people will say, and the world will say, and I'm sure at some point in some context I have said, experience is the greatest teacher. And it is. Experience, good or bad, still teaches you something. Experience is the way to discover yourself, to discover life, to discover everything good and everything bad and everything better after the bad. But what experience also does is experiences brings deep-seated association, which isn't always positive. Experience helps trauma make a home in your soul, in your heart, in your mind. Experience makes it incredibly, painstakingly difficult for you to let go of people that have hurt you, of things that have hurt you. So although we can't avoid all negative experiences, we shouldn't walk through life acting as though, oh, it's cool if this doesn't work out. It's cool if this just, you know, if I lose all my money here or if I get my heart broken there, it matters It all matters. At the end of the day and at the end of your life, it is a finite amount of time. You have this finite scale upon which you have to place. You got, if you can envision a big old plate, it's almost Thanksgiving time, kind of, I guess it's just October, but you have a big old plate and you're filling it up. You're filling it up, filling it up, one experience, another experience, and you feel all the wiser for having this big plate. But then what happens after you consume all of this? Now you're stuck, you're sitting there. You have all of this mess inside of you and you don't know what to do. And yeah, it was good. And maybe some of it wasn't that good. You know, maybe your aunt made mashed potatoes a different way this year and that doesn't really sit well in the right quadrant of your abdomen, but you have all the good stuff in the left quadrant. And of course, this is not anatomically correct, but you get my drift. And here it's all sitting there, the good, the bad, it's all sitting inside of you. And what happens? Now you have the itis. You got the experience itis. You're sitting there, you can't move, and you have to be able to say no to certain things. You have to be able to walk away from things that might be good, but you'll have to take the hit because something in that, your intuition is leading you to believe that maybe there's something bad that's badder than the good that's in there. So this is why it's super important to be guided by your intuition. Your intuition is way faster than your brain has or ever will be. When you feel something, you know, There are cases that I found incredibly interesting, um, accounts of women who were harassed by strangers. And upon interviewing these women, many of the women had said that they felt, even though the situation didn't 
seem out of the ordinary, they felt something in the moments leading up to the attack or the incident that were striking indications that they should have adjusted their behavior or been a little bit extra cautious. But the problem is that we try to rationalize, (coughs) excuse me, we try to rationalize our behavior in a world that's irrational. So my advice to you is, if you feel something and you can't explain what it is you feel, don't brush it off. Take that as a precautionary measure to avoid an experience that could give you that experience-itis. Put it aside, another experience will inevitably come along and it could be better or worse, but trust what you feel because more times than not, your intuition, I don't care how foo-foo it sounds, it will guide you in making the right decision ultimately. So going back to what we're talking about here, is your life real or is it fake? Are you trying to live the reality of who you are or are you trying to adapt to this model of what you think is the ideal reality of the world that you're trying to be a part of? You know, there's something really interesting about humans. There's this premise that when humans put a lot of energy into something, whether it's a job, a career, um, a task, you know, I'll give you an example. If you, for instance, knit a sweater, I personally have not a clue how to knit a sweater. But if you, uh, props to you, if you knit a sweater and you really, it took you months. I don't know how long it takes to knit a sweater, but let's just say it took months to knit a sweater. You knit this sweater and you're really quite proud or maybe you're not proud. Maybe it really looks like trash. That's okay. But you knit this sweater and it took time and it took energy and effort. And when it comes time for spring cleaning and you're being encouraged by your significant other or your family to throw out as much as you can because we need to clear the air. We need to make it more spacious in here. And what you can't seem to part with is this really ugly sweater that you knit. You don't like it. Nobody else wants it. You tried to gift it, re-gift it, and nobody will take it. You won't wear it yourself. It makes you itch. You chose a horrible material. And herein lies this sweater. In the garage, in the closet, wherever. But you can't part with it. And the reason you can't part with it is because people have an incredibly difficult time letting go of things the more energy that a person has put into it. And what that means is we tend to overvalue things that perhaps are inherently less valuable. And, you know, you could have paid $500 for a Gucci sweater and you could get rid of that in no time. I don't know. It depends on your value system, of course, how much you value money and things like that. But again, that would be another perfect example. If you had a hard time parting with that, 
You may say, I can't. I hate this Gucci sweater. It cost me $500. That's about X amount of hours that I had to work to even afford that sweater. I can't throw it out, but you'll never wear it again. And that's called effort justification because we spend our lives not living in the reality of the world, in the reality of our lifetime. We spend our lives living in the stories that the world has fed us and that we have adopted for ourselves. So the next time that you're pondering a career change or you're thinking about changing your workout style, which you've been steady sticking to one for 10 years of your life and it's been okay so far, but you're afraid that you'll break your leg in half if you try yoga next go around, Consider this. Consider whether you're holding yourself back from the reality of true ultimate success and happiness and peace and joy and all of the goody, goody, good stuff. If you're prohibiting yourself from having that because you are overvaluing things that are no longer relevant. It's the same, and we all do it. I think about myself. Every time I'm eating something, I have to finish it. Generally, unless it's completely repulsive, I have to finish it. And why is that? The reason is because I feel guilty. I feel guilty leaving it there. But the question that we should be asking, that I should be asking myself is, if I don't finish this last bite, nothing will change. No person who is needing food will get this food. No money is going to go boop back into the bank account for the food costs that I incurred. Nothing will change whether I eat it or I don't, unless we're talking about nutritional value, but we're not discussing that here. Let's say whatever I'm eating has zero nutritional value. I'm in China. It's quite possible. Zero nutritional value in whatever it is that I'm consuming. And I'm sitting here debating like, oh, I have to eat this. I have to. Because I won't feel good inside. Because I've created this false reality of what's going on. And I want you to be consciously aware of that in your own life. Understand. Understand when you're making decisions based off of things that are make absolutely zero sense. You know... You want to be a minimalist, but you have all this sentimental value around things that really have no sentiment. You know, it's like if you lose a relationship with a person and you can't let go of their belongings as though those belongings weigh more than the memories that we tend to try to suppress and push away and not think about and cloud so we don't hurt anymore. You have to be able to understand the reality of what it is you're doing and how you're moving through life. So keep in mind this effort justification that we're constantly implementing every single day, most of us, and understand that to really own your space, to really create this mind-blowing life, and for you, maybe mind-blowing means Serenity means being left alone. I know for me it does often. You know, some people dream of these luxurious items and I dream of a luxurious silence on an island somewhere away from everyone because it just depends on what you need. 
Your ideal space can't be dictated by what, by what everyone else is seeking. Because that's how you don't find what you're looking for. A, by looking for the wrong thing. And B, by pretending that somebody else's ideals are your own. Which ultimately is the same thing. So I hope to encourage you that to think more on the moves that you're making um, and to be able to appreciate your own reality. Appreciate where you're at. Appreciate where you're not. Everyone's trying to get somewhere so fast, so fast that you're skipping everything. You are skipping your, your right now, the, the only thing, the single thing that's actually yours, that's actually real. You're skipping that. So focus on the right now. Focus on the right you, which is the real you, which is the you that isn't looking outside to figure out how to live your life and is looking inside to live it the way you always felt was right. And let yourself grow with yourself. Take yourself through the growth. Don't look to reach somebody else's point of growth. On that note, I love you guys so much. I always tell you, I'll keep telling you, this is going to be part one of an ongoing conversation. If you have questions that you'd like me to address in the following volumes of this episode, please reach out. I love hearing from you. And with that, I leave you with the hope that you will take this in, let it soak, let it simmer, and put all of yourself out to the world.